Thanks for checking out this message from Coastal Community Church. We hope it's helpful and encouraging. Good morning, everybody. Woo! Good to see everybody today. Happy Mother's Day. I am Pastor Chris. Hey, before we get started, I'm actually going to, I'd like to introduce uh, each one of our families as they come up onto the stage and uh, to help Pastor Chris out because I am so, uh, I'm getting older and I forget all of their names. So they've got uh, little cards for me, but this is Johan and Caitlin Kroll and and they've got uh, little Nash that's getting dedicated today. Uh, Awesome. And uh, and of course, uh, big sister Keegan. So we're glad to have uh, the Kroll family. And do I have another family joining me up here on the Coakleys? Good to see the Coakleys today. Introduce your kids for me. Banks and Ellen, good to see you guys today. Everybody's looking so beautiful for Mother's Day. Oh, we got a bunch of families. Oh, you got me your card right there. So this is Nick and Sarah Ireland, and we've got Jackson, Nicholas Ireland, Ethan, William Ireland, and Charlotte Ann Ireland. Welcome them today. Good to see this, these guys. Welcome. And you know, come right over here. Come right over here. We're not gonna let you guys hide. Um, and so we've got Brett and Karina Honeycutt and Howard Jedediah Honeycutt. Now that's a strong name. I like it. Good morning. Good to see everybody. And who do we have next? And you've got your card for me. Thank you so much, Dean. This is Dean, right? This is Dean. I'm sorry. Tell me again. Vincent, good to see them. This is Scott and Nicole Boxa, and uh, Dean Michael is getting dedicated, and this is his big brother, Vincent. So we're glad to have these guys with us. Oh, thank you so much, JJ. Good job. So everybody, this is Joe and Rebecca Valinsek, and Lucy Faith is getting dedicated today. Good morning, Lucy. We live in the same neighborhood, so uh, I've taken her on a walk before, but she's a little scared of me today. I don't know. And, of course, big brother JJ. And then next we've got uh, Mark Reed and Yari Gill, and we've got Liam and Anthony. Good to see everybody this morning. Y'all doing all right today? Yeah, thank you so much. And we've got mom Katie Hicks and Patrick James Carey. Good to see you this morning, Patrick. Man, he looks chill. He is having a good morning. So very good. Welcome all these families. Um, We're excited. Yeah, give everybody a round of applause. Good to see everybody this morning. You know, I'm excited about today because we weren't able to do this last year. Uh, Hence, we have a lot of families up here this morning, which is awesome. Uh, Third John verse four says this, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Uh, Baby or child dedications, they are special occasions for a church and for a family. And the purpose of dedicating a child is just that. Um, It's a time for the families to dedicate the raising of their child in a Christian home. And um, it is a symbolic and a public way of acknowledging that our children ultimately are a gift from God. And uh, we don't take that responsibility lightly uh, as parents or as a church. And so at Coastal, we believe that uh, these are a family affair. Not only is a child or children being dedicated to the Lord, but it's also a commitment that these parents are making today uh, to raise their children in a Christian home. Um, It's their way, their outward way of giving thanks, uh, sharing joy with their family and friends, recommitting to each other, and recommitting to God, and to be the mom or the dad that God has called them to be. But it's also a way to include the church, uh, because together, Coastal, we commit to being a help, an example, uh, a resource, babysitters, (laughs) and uh, raising their children. 
Uh, there was a woman in the Bible by the name of Hannah who desperately wanted a child, and she bargained with God uh, that he, if he would give her a son, that she would actually give him back to him. And uh, she gave birth to Samuel, whom she later took to the temple uh, and made good on her promise for Samuel to be raised by the priest. And so Samuel becomes this great uh, prophet-priest in the time of King David. And as a result, uh, Hannah was actually granted other children. But listen to this, these words as I read from 1 Samuel 1, 27 through 28. I asked the Lord to give me this child, and he has given me my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worship the Lord there. In a symbolic way, that kind of explains what baby dedication is all about. It's, a, it's simply a recognition, again, that our kids are not our own that ultimately they do belong to God, and we've just been entrusted with their keeping. And it symbolizes our commitment uh, to give ourselves and our children to the Lord. Uh, in fact, in the New Testament, uh, in Luke, we read that Mary and Joseph also brought baby Jesus to the temple in order to present him before the Lord. And so in the same way, uh, all of these parents, these moms and dads, uh, they come today in front of their friends and family and their church home presenting first of all themselves, but also their children to the Lord. So, parents, as the pastor of Coastal Community Church, I want to ask you so that your child, your children can experience the abundant life that Jesus offers. Do you both promise by God's help and in partnership with your, ch your church family, do you pr promise to provide your child a Christian home a home of love and peace, to raise them in the training and instruction of the Lord, and to encourage them to one day trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? If so, please answer together with great gusto, I do. I do. I do. I do. Very good. Now, I would like to ask uh, the church uh, to make a promise as well. As believers in the body of Christ, the Bible tells us that we need one another. Now, obviously, these moms and dads uh, have the primary responsibility for discipling their children, but they also need us. They need our love, support, instruction, and encouragement. So, Coastal Community Church, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Would you all please stand with me, please? Just stand, just for a moment. And I'm going to ask you to make a commitment to these families that are standing before you so that these families may walk in the abundant life that Jesus offers. Will you promise, by God's help, to be faithful in your calling as members of the body of Christ to help these moms and dads to be faithful to God and to encourage them and pray for them as they teach and train their children in the ways of the Lord so that one day, these children may ask Jesus Christ to be their own personal Lord and Savior. If you are willing to encourage and support and pray for these families, please respond by saying with great gusto, we do. We do. Very good. You may be seated. Mark 10 says this, Then some people came to him bringing little children for Jesus to touch. The disciples tried to discourage them, but when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and told them, you must let the little children come to me. Never, never stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Indeed, I assure you that the man who does not accept the kingdom of God, just like a little child, will never enter it. And then he took the children in his arms and he laid his hands on them 
and he blessed them. Will you do me a favor, Coastal? Will you bow your heads as we pray a blessing today on these moms and dads and their children? Dear Heavenly Father, who gives life so wonderfully and abundantly, we thank you today for your love and for your son, Jesus, who became a little child on our behalf. And Father, now collectively, in one voice, together as a church family, we ask your blessing on these parents as they dedicate themselves and their children whom you have entrusted to their keeping. Father, let your blessing be upon each and every one of these children and guide each and every one of these parents, we pray, by your light and by your truth. And Father, we look forward to the day when each one of these children personally asks Jesus to be their Savior and Lord. And God, I pray that these children before you would grow to love you with all of their heart, with all of their soul, and with all of their mind. And just like Jesus, they would grow in wisdom and stature and in favor with you and with people. And now, dear Father, we humbly offer this blessing on their behalf. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you and give you his peace. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, we pray, and by the power and comfort of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Guys, you may be seated. Thank you so much. Thank you. What a special day. And we're excited that uh, a lot of their friends and family have come to join uh, with us today. And uh, you guys are more than welcome to stay in the service. Or if you feel more comfortable, uh, you can take your kids across the street uh, to our awesome children's ministry, Coastal Kids. And uh, they're awaiting your arrival if that's what you choose to do. Um, I'm also excited today, not only is today Mother's Day and baby dedication, uh, but we begin a brand new series today here at Coastal called Conversations. Conversations. And I think it's great that we're kicking it off on Mother's Day uh, because the idea for the series is that there are some um, important, crucial conversations you know, that every parent needs to be prepared to have with their kids. Now, I don't want anybody to worry. I don't want you to think we're leaving you out because you're not a parent because this series really is for everyone, whether you're a parent or not, because what we're going to be doing in this series, we're going to be talking about uh, some foundational life truths that all of us really need to have a handle on and, yes, have the ability to pass on to the next generation. Things like uh, forming healthy friendships, being a disciple, being a follower of Jesus in today's digital age, and uh, how to have the ability to, um, to hang on to your faith, to hold on to your faith. And today, we're actually getting started with what I would consider one of the most conversations, uh, one of the most important conversations that you need to be prepared to have and have a grip on yourself. And it's this, don't let anyone steal your identity. Don't let anyone steal your identity. Anybody here today ever been the victim of identity theft? Raise your hand or uh, maybe leave us a comment online. Anybody? By the way, give us your social security number and your, no, any, yeah. Uh, now, here's what I believe though, okay? 
I actually believe that everyone in this room has actually been the victim of identity theft, or right now there is actually a thief, an enemy, doing everything in their power, trying to steal your identity. Now, how do I know that's true? Well, because people everywhere today, maybe many of you, are searching for their identity. Now, call it whatever you want, okay? Uh, you know, people today are trying to figure out uh, who, who, who they are. I mean, they're looking for meaning. They're looking for significance, looking for purpose. They're looking to fill this huge hole in their heart, in their soul, uh, with something, with anything. Now, there was a guy in the Bible by the name of Solomon. He was the richest guy who ever lived. He actually makes Bill Gates look like you and me. Now, after what's going on with Bill and Melinda, that might be a little bit more true than what it was. I could say, now, Melinda Gates. But basically, Solomon, this guy had every resource available to him. And in the book of Ecclesiastes, he said this. I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure to find out what is good. In other words, he basically was saying, hey, let me just see what there might be to fill up that hole in my heart. And then he says, but that also proved to be meaningless. In fact, if you read through the book of Ecclesiastes, over and over it says that he tried everything under the sun to see if it would fill that hole. And again, he had all the resources to pull that off. I mean, he had real estate, he had mansions, palaces, he tried music, sexual encounters, he had the best food, the best wine, the best parties available to anybody. And then at the end of his life, he said this, I've seen all the things that are done under the sun. All of them are meaningless. A chasing after the wind. You know what he discovered? Basically, that deep within our heart, there really is this huge God-like hole that only God can fill. And we try to fill that hole today with all kinds of other things. Relationships, sex, money, power, drugs, alcohol, jobs, pleasure, children. And then at the end of the day, or worse yet, at the end of your life, what you're going to discover, just like Solomon, is that really none of those things can ultimately fill the void in your heart. You see, your identity has been stolen. In your search to fill the hole in your heart, you have a very real enemy, Satan. And he actually wants to keep you and your children from ever finding God, and then he actually wants to rob you of who you are in Christ. John 10.10 10 says this, the thief comes only to what? What's the first one? Steal. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus was saying that, hey, we have an enemy and he does, he wants to steal from you, from you and your children. Now, what does he want to steal? Again, two things. He wants to keep you from ever finding God in the first place, that's your birthright, and then when you do, if you do find him, he wants to rob you of who you really are in Christ. That's your blessing. So write that down. Satan wants to steal your birthright and your blessing. I want to talk about that for just a moment. Now, you might remember the story of Jacob and Esau in the Old Testament. These were twin boys born to Isaac and Rebekah in their old age, and the Bible basically says that these boys started fighting in the womb, 
okay, and continued to struggle all throughout life. Esau was the hairy one. He liked to hunt. He liked the outdoors. Uh, he was Isaac's favorite. Jacob, on the other hand, liked to stay home, kind of a mama's boy. He was Rebecca's favorite. Now, Esau, being the firstborn son, was entitled to the family's birthright. That was a big, big deal in the Old Testament. A birthright was a special honor given to the firstborn son. It included a double portion of the family inheritance along with the honor of one day becoming the family patriarch. So the oldest son now, he could, if he wanted to, sell his birthright or give it away if he chose, but in doing so, he would lose all of his rights and all of his privileges. Very rarely, if ever, did that happen. So listen to the story from Genesis chapter 25, beginning in verse 27. As the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter. He was an outdoorsman, but Jacob had a quiet temperament, preferring to stay at home. Isaac loved Esau because he enjoyed eating the wild game uh, Esau brought home, but Rebekah loved Jacob. By the way, this is important. Jacob's name literally means the one who deceives, the one who deceives. One day when Jacob was cooking some stew, now, you kind of wonder if Jacob had this whole thing planned out. I mean, maybe Esau usually took some snacks with him when he went hunting or went outside, but Jacob took them, and now Esau is really, really hungry. Uh, maybe Jacob positioned, you know, the food and the cooking just where Esau would see it and smell it, and it was his favorite meal. We don't know. Listen to this. Esau arrived from the wilderness exhausted and hungry. Esau said to Jacob, I am starved. Give me some of that red stew. So Esau is starving, right? He's searching. He's trying to fill that need, that immediate need that he has, and he wants it to be met. All right, Jacob replied, but trade me your rights as the firstborn son. Look, I'm dying of starvation, said Esau. What good is my birthright to me now? But Jacob said, first, you must swear that your birthright is mine. So Esau swore an oath, thereby selling all his rights as the firstborn to his brother Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread and lentil stew. Esau ate the meal, then got up and left. He showed contempt for his rights as the firstborn. Now, you ought to go home today, possibly sometime this week, maybe read the rest of the story, because at the end of Isaac's life, uh, Jacob and Rebekah actually hatch a very elaborate plan to kind of complete the deception, okay? But here's the point that I want to make today. Esau was deceived, and he traded in his birthright and his blessing, basically, you ready for this? A bowl of soup. A bowl of soup. I mean, that sounds crazy, doesn't it? I mean, what a complete idiot, right? I mean, that would be like me giving away a winning lottery ticket for a McDonald's Happy Meal, right? I mean, it's not an even exchange, not even close. And yet, this is what you need to hear today. This is my point. We do the same thing all the time. The question you need to grapple with today is this. What's your bowl of soup? What's, what's my bowl of soup? You see, in your hunger, in your search for satisfaction, in the search for your identity, Satan is constantly whispering in your ear things like, God doesn't love you. 
You're never going to measure up. You're never going to be good enough. You can't please God. You can't please anyone else for that matter. Wives, moms, you ever struggle with that? You ever hear those whispers? Who do you think you are? You deserve punishment. You are who you are after all. You can't change. You're hopeless. So here, maybe this relationship will fill that void in your heart. You know, maybe sex will make you feel better about yourself. Money, food, power, chase after that stuff. You know, work yourself to death. Take another drink and another and another. Sleep with somebody else. Do another line. Hey, that will fill that void. And do you know what we've all done? We've traded in our birthright and our blessing for a bowl of soup. I mean, don't you see? Listen, as a believer, you ready for this? We have been adopted into the family of God with all the rights and the privileges of a child of the king. And we have traded it in for something as temporary and as worthless as a bowl of soup. We have been saved, sanctified, and set apart. And yet so many believers today are walking around in defeat like they're second-class citizens of this world. First of all, by the way, this world is not your home. Your citizenship is in heaven. You are a child of the King. Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the full. Now the consequences, though, of not really understanding who you are and whose you are in Christ are almost too many to name. I mean, it really does affect almost every area of our life. In fact, I would challenge you, name a problem and most likely somewhere at its root or core is this issue of identity theft. You're a student and you're struggling with loneliness and self-esteem, low self-esteem. You even cut yourself screaming out for love and acceptance. Listen, don't you see what's happened? That, that student has believed a lie about themselves. Satan, the father of lies, has deceived you. Listen, the God of all creation, the God of the universe, loves you. In fact, you ready for this? You are actually created in the image of God, you are a child of the king. If you're a single adult today, going from relationship to relationship, desperately looking for love, so much so that you're even willing to substitute sex for love for just a few fleeting moments of those feelings of love and satisfaction, do you know what you've done? You've traded in your birthright and blessing for a bowl of soup. You're a victim of identity theft. Alcoholism, drug addiction, same thing. You've believed a lie. And you've traded in your birthright and blessing for a bowl of soup, desperately trying to fill this God-shaped, this hole in your soul with something temporary, with something that's not going to last. Listen, what is, by the way, Satan's greatest weapon in his arsenal of deception. How does he steal your identity? Lies. Lies. 
John 8, 44, Jesus said, when he, talking about the devil, Satan, when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a, a what? What does it say? A liar. And the what? The father of lies. Now here's how it works. Satan tells you a lie. He deceives you. You believe the lie. And because you believe the lie, it changes the way you feel. The way you feel about yourself, the way you feel about others, and then it changes the way you behave, you act on it. Now the good news is that Jesus gives us the answer for Satan's lies. Look at John eight thirty two. he said, then you will know the what? The truth. And what will the truth do? The truth will set you free. You see, God's truth is the answer. God's truth will set you free. If you know the truth, follow this. If you know the truth, it changes the way you think, which changes the way you feel, and in turn changes the way you behave. Now, what is God's truth? Coastal, listen to me. It is his word. It is the Bible. That is, that's why it's so, so important. That's why we talk about it all the time here, for you to get the truth of God's word into your mind and, by the way, into the mind of your children on a regular basis. And parents, by the way, if you want the truth of God's word to be important in the life of your kids, guess what? It's gotta be important in your life. You know, you and your children are bombarded every day a thousand different ways with the lies of Satan trying to steal your identity, trying to get you to trade in your birthright and your blessing for a bowl of soup. Romans 12, 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. In other words, don't believe the lie. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? You think. You remember the, um, kind of an old movie now, they play it all the time on cable, uh, on cable TV, the old movie with Matt Damon where it starts off and uh, he's floating face down in a sea somewhere and some fishermen, you know, pull him out of the water, they bring him on their boat and they treat this, you know, mysterious gunshot wound that he's got, they revive him, they take care of him and then they drop him off at a dock in a city that he doesn't remember. In fact, he doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know, you know any, I mean, anything about himself, what he's done. And so for the rest of the movie, he's trying to put all the clues together, right? To figure out who he is and what he's done. Do you remember the name of the movie, The What? The Born What? Identity, The Born Identity, great flick, a love story. That's what I tell my wife all the time. Watch this, it's a chick flick. No, um, but here's the cool thing. You know, when I read through the Bible, you know, what, you know what you see? It's that we have, as believers, an actual born again identity. We do. In Christ, you discover who you really are and whose you are, and it changes everything. Look what it says in John 1.12. In fact, I want you to read this out loud with me. Let's impress our guests today, and uh, who knows, maybe even online, they'll hear your, your great speaking ability, but read it out loud with me. Here we go. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. Now, do you see the little mathematical equation there? Very simple. It says believe plus accept 
equals become. You can become a child of God. That can become your identity. The Bible says that you need to believe that Jesus is who he said he was, the Son of God. Believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Believe that he rose from the dead and he's coming back again. Believe that he is the substitution or the payment for your sin and for mine. And then you accept that grace into your life. You say, Jesus, I accept your unfailing love. I accept the fact that you have washed away and forgiven all of my sin, all of my screw-ups and my failure, and I want that grace applied to my life, and I accept that you now are the leader, the Lord of my life. Believe plus accept equals becoming. Becoming a child of God. Now, listen to this. You can't get any more accepted than that, any more secure than that, any more significant than that. Look at 1 John 3, 1. Listen to what it says. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Now, I want you to look at some of these verses with me on the back of your outline. I'm not gonna you know, read each one of them, but I just want you to see the gist of this. This is what God says about you. This is your identity. This is the truth. This is who you are in Christ. And this is what we have to constantly allow to flood our minds and the minds of our children. First of all, in Christ it says this, I am completely accepted. I'm completely accepted. Here's what God's word says about me. I am God's child. I am Christ's friend. I'm the friend of Jesus. I have been made right in God's sight. Now, do you know what that means? God has not only forgiven me, forgiven you in Christ, but he has actually transferred all of the righteousness and the holiness and the goodness of Jesus from his account to what? To your account. You are now completely acceptable and pleasing to God, not because of who you are and what you do, but because of Jesus and what he's done and because of your faith in him. That's what God's word says. But now here's the lie of Satan. Who do you think you are? You're a screw up. You're, you're going to have to earn God's love. And by the way, try as you might, it's never going to be good enough. You've got to perform and perform and perform, and you've got to meet certain standards to feel good about yourself. And do you know what kind of thoughts those actions and those feelings produce? Fear. The fear of failure, worry, perfectionism, anxiety. You get angry easily with people who try to interfere with your attempt to you know, succeed and control and perform. You become addicted even sometimes to the approval of other people. You, become, you develop this obsessive need to control and to live by a formula. And many people attempt to ease their pain and their fear of failure by drugs and alcohol. And you know what you're doing? Again, you're just trading in the truth of your birthright and your blessing for a bowl of soup. What's the truth? Look back at these, uh, uh, these verses. Look at your outline. In Christ, 
I've been bought with a price. I belong to God. I am a member of the body of Christ, the church. I have been adopted as God's most loved child. He chose me. I now have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all of my sin. I am complete in Christ. Not only are you completely accepted in Christ, but you are also totally secure. Totally secure. Look what God's word says about you. I am free forever from condemnation. I am assured that God works together for all, all, for good, all things in my life. I cannot be separated from the love of God. I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God. And I am confident that what God started in my life, he will finish it. I am a citizen of heaven. I am hidden in Christ. I have not been given a spirit of fear, but of of love and power and self-discipline, and I can find mercy and grace and help in time of need. I am born of God, and the evil one cannot harm me. In Christ, listen to this, I am not only accepted, I'm not only secure, but I am deeply, deeply significant. God's word says this about you in Christ. I am the salt of the earth. I am the light of the world. I am a branch of the true vine, Jesus. I have been chosen in this life to bear much fruit. I am an empowered witness of Christ. I am a temple of God. He lives in me. I am a minister of reconciliation for God. I'm God's coworker. Imagine that. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. I am God's beautiful workmanship created for good works. I may even approach God with freedom and confidence and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is your identity in Christ. And listen, it's just the tip of the iceberg. That's what God's word says about you. You are completely accepted, you are totally secure, and you are deeply, deeply significant. Now, live like it. Live like it. And don't believe the lies of the evil one. Don't you ever trade in your birthright and your blessing for a meager bowl of soup. Dr. Neil Anderson once said this, the more you reaffirm who you are in Christ, the more your behavior will begin to reflect your true identity. You know, the Bible doesn't just say that our God has an unfailing love for you. He proved it. He proved it in Christ. He proved it on the cross. And again, let's go back to that verse today. You can believe that, you can accept that, and you can take back your identity and become the person that God always knew you could be and wanted you to be, his most loved child. Happy Mother's Day. Why not do that today? Why not believe? accept and become. You can do it right here, right now. Bow your heads and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for who we are in Christ. 
And Lord, I know that, um, you know, it's so easy in this world of uh, social media, in this world of just performance and, you know, trying to please and appease everyone that it's so easy just to search after something to try to fill something in our heart and our soul. And there's nothing that's ever going to fill that except for a relationship with you. And um, Lord, I just pray for those here today. I, I know if you're, if you're constantly trying to perform and please and appease, man, you're just tired. You're overwhelmed and you're exhausted and you're, you're just ready to quit. Well, today in some way, you need to. You need to surrender. And you just need to turn all that over to the Lord. You know, maybe cry out to him right here and right now and say, God, I do believe. I believe that Jesus is your son. I believe that he went to the cross for me. And in saying that, God, I admit it. I'm, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I'm a mess. And I need Jesus. I believe that he rose from the dead. I believe that he's alive. And today I, I accept your grace into my life. I accept your plan for my life. I accept that he is the Lord. And I ask him to be mine today. And for the rest of my life and for as long as you have me here on this earth until you call me home or come again, I just want to live for Jesus. I want to live as you now see me your loved child. Thank you, Father. Thank you. And may we reach out to the world around us, God, that you know, is searching and looking. May we live in such a way that we would point them to Jesus. And will we be bold and courageous enough to, to share our story and to share our faith in your son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, have a blessed day.